Welcome to Twin Talk. This is Joy, and I'm here with my sister Angie. Hello. And I want to start off by saying how excited I am to share our very first podcast review. We haven't even started advertising our podcast, but my husband started talking to my cousin, whom we haven't seen in forever the other day, and he told him about this podcast. So our cousin, he's awesome. His name is Joe Pullen. The only person I think so far that's actually listened to our podcast. Um, he, Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We owe you. He sent us a our very first review. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read it. He said, just listen to episodes one and two of Twin Talk. It was twice the fun of a normal podcast. Got a movie review for free and got to hear my favorite cousins chatting it up. Keep them coming. Isn't it nice to have family members who are not allowed to tell you harsh truth and uh, yes. and be mean like strangers? They have to say really nice, complimentary things. Yes. Okay, so thank you, yes. Joe, for our very yes, first thanks, review. Joe. <laughs> okay, so we are going to take a change of direction this week. We've done four books, and every one of them were, are what I consider classics. They're older books. But we just thought we would try something different, something new, and do a newer book. So today we are going to talk about a book that was actually published in August of 2019. So this is a much newer book, and the name of the book is The Downstairs Girl, and it was written by Stacy Lee. It just popped up on uh, my book choices. You know, I have these uh, suggestions of books to read on my Audible and so I really didn't research the book. I just saw it had a lot of uh, five-star reviews. So I just went ahead and listened to the book. And I really liked it. It is considered a young adult historical fiction. And it has won several awards. And I didn't know that when I was reading it. It's won four or five pretty big awards. And one of the most notable was it won the Washington Post Best Children's Book of the Year. So are you surprised that it won awards or... Well, I'm surprised that it won a children's award. Okay, I am too. I did not realize, once again, I don't pay attention to labels like I should, but it is young adult historical fiction. Mm. So I guess that falls in the category of children. I guess so. I didn't. I don't really picture this as a children's book. Maybe more of a, maybe a teen. Yeah, I you know, can see I, mean, I, I do adult. see the young adults, yeah. Um, okay, so just for those of you who may not have read this book yet, it is set during the era of the post-Civil War, during the Reconstruction era, and I'm just going to read a real quick uh, summary of what the book is about in case anybody has not read it and they're not sure. So by day, 17-year-old Joe Kwan works as a lady's maid for the cruel daughter of one of the wealthiest men in Atlanta. But by night, Joe moonlights as the pseudonymous author of a newspaper advice column for the genteel southern lady, Dear Miss Sweetie. When her column becomes wildly popular, she uses the power of the pen to address some of society's ills, but she's not prepared for the backlash that follows when her column challenges fixed ideas about race and gender. While her opponents clamor to uncover the secret identity of Miss Sweetie, a mysterious letter sets Joe off on search on a search for her own past and the parents who abandoned her as a baby. But when her efforts put her in the crosshairs of Atlanta's most notorious criminal, Joe must decide whether she, a girl used to living in the shadows, is ready to step into the light. Mm. Okay, so this podcast is a little different. We're not going to go step by step and 
through all the different plot twists and turns of the book, and we're not going to talk about every character. We're just going to give you our overall general impression of the book. So I'm going to start off by asking Angie, uh, what are some of your pros and cons that you would associate with this book? Okay, so uh, let me just preface this before I begin that. Um, so when you, we were discussing what book we were going to read next, and then, you know, you told me about this book, The Downstairs Girl, and but I remember you calling me on the phone, and you said, you know, I'm reading this book, and I just want your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. You said, I just think it's really, really funny, and the author is very clever mm-hmm. and witty, and you go, well, I don't know. You go, I don't want to say too much. I just want your opinion on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, of course, my first thought was, oh, this isn't something that something that's comfy and familiar, like an, you know, like an old pillow, you know, it's a <laughs> book. You know, you know, I'm really bad about it. I get these books that I like, and I read them over and over. Right. And I'm not one to really try new books, so... I was a little skeptical. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to actually pay attention and really put some effort, in put some effort into the listening. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, I got my, um, I started listening to it on Audible. Audible. And um, within within five to ten minutes, I remember you telling me it took you a few pages maybe yeah, to, to kind of really get, get into, it. into it. Yeah, but, but it didn't take long. Um, I was very interested in the book and laughing every it seemed like every other sentence I was laughing right I was mm-hmm. like this is a funny book so so anyway I'm really glad that you you know introduced me to the book and I do think it's very funny the prose obviously is it's very very entertaining yes mm-hmm. I mean it's just the character her character just captures you right the main character's name is Joe yes Yes, I agree. Uh, oh, she, go ahead. Uh, she captures you. She's very warm. She's very, very funny. And you just feel for her. You have this, uh, you're pulling for her through the whole book because she's living in a basement. No one knows she's living in the basement of this house with her grandfather. Mm-hmm. And they have no money, of course. There's poor. Well, and I think we just did a spoiler, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. We do find out at the end of the book that the man is her grandfather, but it takes her the whole book to figure that out. Oh. But that's okay. We'll write spoilers. Well, she calls her grandfather him grandfather. Does she not call no. him? Oh, she doesn't. She oh. just calls him old Jen throughout the oh, book. Oh, okay. I, I, and when I say that, I was really kind of meaning that as a grandfather type figure, right, I guess. But right. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I'm sure our listeners will forgive us. Uh huh. So anyway, you're you're really pulling for her, and of course, he's very wise and. He's funny, he's, too. He's funny, and he's very wise. Yeah, and he has all these wise sayings that yes. are funny. And she's, what's, what's interesting about the book is she is very intelligent. She's very smart. She's very, you know, like we said. Um, but yet she's working with a lot of prejudiced people who are actually her... Um, superiors? Superiors, yeah. thank you. And, you know, they actually have control over you know every pretty much her whole life Mm -hmm. you know they tell her what to do when to do it and so it's very ironic that the type of people who are over her really are beneath her in character yeah in intelligence and character yes (laughs) yes so the pros um i guess i need to quit rambling is you know is that it's very entertaining it's very funny but it's very um boy the writer she the author just has a way of just every time she tries to make a point she just she hits a home run every everything mm-hmm. she says is just right on point. She has a way of making points through humor. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, I think you basically just said what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. She has a uh, Joe Kwan is the main character. That's a pro. Like Angie said, she has a unique way of speaking her thoughts. They're 
she's always funny, but it's always insightful and, and mm-hmm. brings her point home. And then I also liked learning about post-war South. Okay, this to me is the most unique thing about this book and what makes this book so unique and different from anything I've ever read. I've, you know, I think we've all read books about post-war South, but this is coming from the perspective of a Chinese girl, not Mm -hmm. from a black person or a white person, but from a Chinese girl. Mm -hmm. So all through the book, she's fighting racism because of the color of her skin, but not just that, because she's female. She's fighting two battles. Mm -hmm. Three, trying to figure out who her family is fighting racism, prejudice, because she's Chinese. And also, this is during the movement for the women's right to vote. So she has got obstacles everywhere, but she faces them with courage. And uh, like you said, she faces it with humor. And so it makes it not quite so in your face. It doesn't come across as preachy. Yes. She gets her point across, but in a funny way. And it's ironic that even within her own gender, even though she was all for women's uh, rights mm-hmm. even the white women were prejudiced against her even yes. though she was a woman is because mm-hmm. she was chinese they still looked down upon her that was one of the most interesting episodes in the book for me joe attends this suffrage movement meeting so all of these women are preparing for to you know they're going to do signs and do protests they're fighting for the right to vote so joe who's chinese shows up and there's a few black women there but it's mostly white women and they all turn their noses up her when she walks in so that told me well race must trump sex because Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. in other words it's more important that you're to us it doesn't matter that you're a female and you need you want the right to vote also. What's standing out more to us is your race. Am I yeah. making sense? Yes. So mm-hmm. it's like your race trumps your sex and we don't want you here. Yes. I mm-hmm. thought that was an interesting thing. What about mm-hmm. the cons of the book? Anything that troubled you or you wish was different? You wish were different? No, I, I thought it was... No, I didn't have any cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little trouble following some of the storyline. You know, there's lots of little secrets in the book mm-hmm. that, that they don't reveal and little twists and there's turns. There's lots of subplots. Lots mm-hmm. of subplots. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of times I'd be doing the dishes or, mm-hmm. you know, and there, I'd miss little things here and there. So I'm hoping that I might even learn some things from you about... Well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say was my con. I And it's also, if I were reading the book, this would probably be different. I'm the same as Angie. I'm I'm washing dishes, I'm driving the car while I'm listening to this book or whatever. It was hard for me to follow. Throughout the book, she's trying to discover who her parents are. And that whole line of how she figured out who her dad was was a little confusing to me. But once again, if I went back and read it, I don't think I would be so confused. If I, if I actually sat down and was reading Yes, the if book. I could have really concentrated on the whole book, it, there, it's not that the writing was difficult or anything like that. It's just that... There's just so much to keep up with. We've got the struggle for women's rights. We've Mm -hmm. got the struggle for the Chinese and the black rights. We Mm -hmm. have her trying to figure out her family. Mm -hmm. And then there's a character named Caroline. Okay, so here's another con for me. Caroline, uh, Joe was Caroline's, like, maid. Okay, she's this real rich, spoiled Southern belle. It's your stereotypical white, spoiled Southern belle who treats everybody else like a dog. She only thinks about herself. Very one-dimensional. And I just can't believe that all your Southern belles were that mean and that selfish and that Mm -hmm. hateful. That she was portrayed as all these other ones. All these other Southern belles have been portrayed in every book I've read. And I'm like, give her... Towards the end, I will give this to the author. Towards the end, she did give Caroline 
a couple of redeeming qualities. She did make her more hum- seem more human towards the end, but she was so stereotypical f- throughout most of the book. Yes, um, I agree. And uh, it also seemed a little too convenient that her quote-unquote soulmate just happened to be the guy living in the house above her. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little too convenient. But hey, it, you have it, to get him in the book somehow. It will make a great movie if they haven't already have yes, one in the works. I was thinking the yeah, same thing. I really do hope... This is a best-selling book. I really do hope they make this into a movie someday. Um, it would make a great movie. It definitely has. You know how all movies have a formula? Mm-hmm. It definitely has that formula that's successful yes. in movies. But I also like that the romance was just a really kind of a smaller side story. Mm-hmm. It really, it, it wasn't a romance. This book is not a romance. That's kind of just a little side note. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad she didn't dwell on that. Okay, well, anyway, overall, would you recommend this book for others to read? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, I would, too. I would definitely recommend it. And who would you, who do you think would enjoy this book? Um, probably people just like you and I. Mm-hmm. Mothers, um, women, women especially. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, men could enjoy the book as well, but mm-hmm. definitely women. And if you like clever, witty writing in mm-hmm. uh, stories about the South, yes. those type people to would To me, like this it. is the perfect book. If, you, you know, if you're on vacation and you just want something that it's not too, it's, it doesn't weigh on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's about very important social yes. issues. But like I said earlier, it's not in your It has face. great content, but the way it's written, you could easily, I could see myself laying on a beach reading this book yes. and just being entertained. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I don't want to give too much away for those who haven't read it, but in the book, there is a horse called Sweet Potato. So for our rating, I'm going to ask you, if you had to rate this book from one to five sweet potatoes, Mm -hmm. how many sweet potatoes would you give this book? Oh, gosh. I want to say five, but it's like you said, we're going to give every single book five. (laughs) You know what? Just to break the mold, I'm going to give it four and a half sweet potatoes. That's funny you said that because I was thinking the same thing. I love the book. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible book, but um, I I need to start doing my rating a little more um, accurately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, at a five o'clock, a five o'clock, hello, a five Mm -hmm. rating should blow my socks off. It should blow me away. It should be like one of my all-time favorite books Mm -hmm. ever, if I'm Mm -hmm. making sense. So I'm going to go ahead and get, even though this is an incredible book and Mm -hmm. I did love it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a four and a a half sweet potatoes as well. Can you do half? Yes. Oh, definitely. We can cut the potato in half. That's no problem. (laughs) So I'm going to give it four and a half sweet potatoes as well. Mm -hmm. And just real quickly, uh, we both decided just as we listened to the book, since we didn't actually sit down and read it, um, we instead of picking favorite passages this time, because she was so funny and witty and clever in her little sayings and her similes and things like that, we just picked out a few of her sayings. And also because she was uh, an anonymous writer for a newspaper in the book, and people would she was an, an advice columnist, and then people would write her for advice, and she would respond. Uh, I'm just going to read a few of her. Uh, what I thought were some of her witty sayings and then one of her, the little advice column sections at, towards the end of the book that I thought was so good. But I'm going to let Angie go first. Oh, and just speaking of the letters that she writes as Miss Sweetie, mm-hmm. to me, those letters were some of the most entertaining parts of the book. Yes. Um, if nothing else, even if the reader's not crazy about the storyline, just reading the letters that these oh people wrote in and her answers, they're very entertaining. The letters are absolutely hilarious. They are. They're funny. Okay, I'll let you go first. Okay, so I wrote a few things down that I just thought were really funny. Um, so the pains, I, that's who she went 
to live with to be the maid for the spoiled rich yeah and they're just a very wealthy family in atlanta and so she there's one passage where she's talking about how they always want people to come to church with them and joe says this the Paynes always invite their servants to sunday services in their private chapel when you're as rich as the Paynes, god comes to you <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was funny. funny. And then another one, okay, when she realized she was actually going to have to go back and work for this spoiled daughter, who she was child, she was a friend with in her childhood, which mm-hmm. made it even doubly worse. And, you know, every time she'd turn around, the daughter would be saying really cruel things to her. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking in her head, is this to be my life then? One tedious chore after the next with intermittent pokes in the eye? And then she was talking about... Um, I guess there was a discussion about money and she said old money likes to think it weighs more than new money. And then, um, she just has so many cute little sayings. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, he's faster than a hat in a hurricane. Um, what else? I have one more. She says he had the kind of voice that could coax the gray out of the clouds. So that was, those was just a few things. I think okay. but she, but I mean, it was just there and there. The whole book is just full, full of, of stuff like she just read. Yes. So I just, these are just a few of her little, sentences in the book she said coincidence is just destiny unfolding and talking about the spoiled daughter that she was the maid she said caroline spends her grief by the dollar until her (laughs) purse empties and she's down to nickel hiccups and penny whimpers (laughs) i love that sentence oh that's funny i missed that one uh in last sentence she said i squeeze my feelings i don't know she's feeling bad about something and she says i squeeze my feelings into something small like a walnut and chuck it behind me for some other silly squirrel to find oh her writing is just so <laughs> yes, clever it's very clever mm-hmm. okay and this is uh the very end of the book and this is one of the last letters that she re- receives and it says dear miss sweetie ever since that china girl ran that race my daughter wants to race horses too i thought it was just a phase but she and her friends have started their own fillies only riding club <laughs> i even caught her sewing a pair of riding breeches how do I convince her that the China girl just had a lucky strike? Sincerely, Wits End. Dear Wits End, a great man once told me that luck rides a workhorse named Joy. Let your daughter ride. <laughs> See, I'm getting choked up reading that. Oh, that's, 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 that's how the, the book ends. Yes, that's okay. how the book ends, and I just mm-hmm. love that last mm-hmm. saying. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, as, okay, so we both like the book. We gave it four and a half sweet potatoes. We are going to end with some trivia because I love trivia and we can't do an episode without trivia if I'm leading. So, we're going to see how much Angie knows about Atlanta, Georgia because this book was set in Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, oh no, I just answered number one. <laughs> okay, the story of the downstairs girl is set in what southern city? Atlanta. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Which, okay, so this is all about Atlanta during the Civil War and after, okay? Which of the following generals is responsible for the burning of Atlanta during the Civil War? Was it General Grant? I think it's Sherman. The only thing you have to give me the choice is Joy. Oh, you're too smart for me. Yeah, this has to be the only one I know, so. Okay, it was General Sherman. (laughs) It was General Sherman. General Sherman, he he was burned in Atlanta. Okay. How many buildings were left standing in Atlanta after the siege? Ooh. Was it 4, 40, or 400? Wow. I'm just going to guess that it was pretty bad. I'm going to guess there was 4. 
Okay, according to this art, uh, article I read, 400. Oh, okay. Which really, I'm sure so it wasn't was a like big they city. burned the entire city. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. still, I'm sure it had thousands of buildings and mm. only 400 left. That was horrible. Well, I'm sure. and Gone with the Wind, I just thought it didn't look like much was left. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, as a result, this, okay, the city eventually adopted this image as their symbol. Um,. Oh, after the city yeah, was Yeah, so burned? once they oh. burnt the city, Atlanta, I didn't know this until I found this on this website, they adopted, I'll give you a hint, it's a bird. Well, is it a falcon? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's because of the Atlanta falcons. Is the oh, reason that's a good that. guess. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. They adopted the phoenix because, oh, you know, the phoenix, the phoenix, rises, is the, phoenix the rises out of the ashes. So wow. the phoenix is the symbol of Atlanta. That, I didn't know oh, that. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay, and... I can attest to this because I went to a wedding uh, last a few summers ago, and um, this is how I know the answer to this one. But Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport is known for being the most beautiful airport, the biggest airport in the world, or the busiest airport in the world. Well, I'm going to go with the busiest airport in the world. It is the busiest. And I had not flown in like 15 mm-hmm. years and went to... A wedding a couple of summers ago and had to go through the Atlanta airport by myself and it was pretty stressful. <laughs> so you and I kind of have similar experiences because I had never flown before and the first place I ever flew into was Dallas and then we went to Atlanta mm-hmm. and we were circling the airport mm-hmm. and I could out of every window in the plane I could see other huge planes circling and I finally asked one why are we starting they said we're waiting for a landing mm-hmm. time because it was so busy and of course i'm a nervous wreck so. yeah it is definitely busy it was busy okay we have actually been here there is a place outside of atlanta called stone mountain georgia mm-hmm. it's this huge mountain of granite i believe mm-hmm. and there are three prominent men associated with the confederacy oh, no. <laughs> are chiseled into the mountain can you name any of them is, is Stonewall Jackson yes. one of them? Okay. Yes. So associated, they were all associated, all with, the associated with the Confederacy. The Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Robert E. Lee? Yes, very good. Okay, so Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and. The so other did, one is considered, I believe he was the president of the Confederacy. I didn't look that up. It's just, I think oh, that's right. Um, I almost sound stupid if I get this wrong. Was it Andrew Jackson? No. Oh, I can't remember uh, who that, that Jefferson was. Davis. Oh, I should have known. I watched Scooby-Doo. I should have known that. <laughs> okay. You did good, though. Two for hmm. three. Yeah, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis. Okay. Okay, this is the last one, and I know she's going to get it because she's read this book. What Atlanta resident wrote Gone with the Wind? Oh, uh, Margaret Mitchell. Yes, and according to the side note on the article, it said because she had, at the time, she had an ankle injury that kept her from walking, and she was really, really bored, and so she began to write Gone with the Wind. Have you ever heard that? No, I've never heard that. Yeah, I hadn't hmm. either, so I don't know how true that is. Hmm. Okay, that is everything. Do you have anything, any last comments? Um... No, I mean, the only thing that, as I was reading the book, something kind of crossed my mind, thinking about, you know, you always hear about African Americans and how they were mistreated, and you don't hear so much, or at least in our neck of the woods, you don't Mm -hmm. hear so much about the Chinese, but I thought it was interesting that they said, um, you know, a lot of Chinese were known to work on the railroads, right? and of course, we have a railroad track that runs not even a mile from my house here, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've always heard stories throughout my life that the Chinese, a lot of Chinese workers worked on that railroad. 
Oh, the one here? Yes. Oh, I didn't I, know I've that. heard that they did have Chinese workers. And okay, then I didn't know I've that. also heard people who, who own property within the vicinity that have come up on um, tombstones mm-hmm. or old cemeteries that are unmarked. And some of them believe that those might be graves of Chinese workers, oh, unmarked graves. I didn't graves. know that. Yeah. So I'm just saying that um, they, there was kind of a, it is kind of known that um, they were discriminated against and they did take a lot of your lower paying jobs. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just thought that okay, kind of there was a little bit of a connection of the history there. Okay. Okay, so just to recap, we just got through reading The Downstairs Girl. We both highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. It's very informative. You should go read it. Yep. Uh, okay, so I guess that that's all. We will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.